Hey everybody, welcome back to Reboot Leggers. This is a comedy podcast where we take media and reboot it into... Give it a, new life. Give it new life. I'm your host, Scott Owen. I'm your other host, Frank Sarah. It's a big day for us. We're mm. coming on one year of this... Unanios. This, this baby, baby podcast, baby... Baby child show. Mm-hmm. And our podcast is ready to start first grade. No, kindergarten. Sorry, kindergarten. No, what? No, you don't start kindergarten until you're like five. It's been a while since <laughs> I went to kindergarten. No one year old is going to school. Our baby is old enough to eat solid food, to start growing teeth. I, I'm not a doctor, Scott. I, you can't, I don't know what, I don't, I don't know what you're respecting. I think, I think one year olds can eat solid food. But the distinct is they solid food, like baby food, is basically anything that's not milk. Like mushed yams. Yeah, those count as solid. Mushed yams. Dude, people like are like, why do babies say baby food? It's because it's gross. I don't know. I don't know any about babies. I don't know a baby. I don't. I don't know a baby. <clears throat> so anyway, we uh, we have we have kind of an anniversary special prepped for these uh, these fine listeners right scott we do and um you know the higher-ups are starting to doubt our endeavors and i think that fitting fittingly for this anniversary episode we could also use it as an opportunity to show look reboots are a good source of revenue like reboots can be popular really successful are. and so uh we've prepared this little presentation for um, just looking at uh, the year and, you know, there were a lot of reboots that came out this yeah. year. And so we're just going to, you know, go through uh, some of the top 2017 reboots and talk about, uh, you know, what they're about and strategy review. We're going to see, you know, yeah, we'll, we'll how, look at, how, how good they did. Yeah, we'll look at the original. We we'll look at the original and uh, I think it'll I think I think we're going to have a good time. Um, so let me just pull up my list. We got a, we got a couple today. A couple lists? A couple, a, a couple, a couple items on the list. A couple items on the list. Yes. Uh, do you want to, uh, do you want to start or do you want me to start? You can start. You can start. All right. Um, so one of the big ones, one of the big ones for me was, uh, the, the, Beauty and the Beast reboot, which, as we all know, is it's a, it's a reboot of the popular uh, Pride and Prejudice, a story uh-huh. about a um, young woman who is approached by a distasteful man, uh, outwardly distasteful, but inwardly a real sweetie, but mm. just does not know how to fully express that and he has a lot of pride and she has a lot of prejudice oh, but when you against get, the rich man but when you the get rich man. when you get these two kids together shenanigans you get dancing furniture now the original did not have dancing furniture no the uh, original did not have dancing furniture nor did the original have um a beast and i think mm-hmm, mm-hmm. i think here's here's the thing it should not have worked i i, I thought it was a bold yeah. choice to go that in your face with it to show like oh mm-hmm. he's like an actual it's, beast yeah it's really unsubtle it, it speaks to a distrust of the audience mm-hmm. that they you know without actually showing him as being a gross beast like maybe they won't get that he's that he's rough 
Yeah, like they won't get that, oh, look, his outward appearance is unpleasant, but the inside of him is good. So they went like whole hog, if you will, on mm-hmm. making him look... Love hogs. Love hogs. Make him... And now, and so it's it's been a while since I read the original i think it's i think the guy's name is like mr is mr darcy mr right? darcy he's the, he's the mr. beast mr fitzwilliam darcy <laughs> fitzwilliam i'm glad they changed that in the remake i don't even think he has a name in the remake yeah they he's just, just a, i mean a beast if my name was fitzwilliam i wouldn't really go around you know yelling it from the rooftops either yeah that's probably true um they did also adapt it into a musical uh the oh. original pride and prejudice was not a musical and um they changed the names a bit, uh, and by a bit, I mean entirely. I don't. I even... mean, sometimes you just got to go from scratch, right? Mm-hmm. And I mean, casting. I think you know Emma Watson did just fine in the in the lead. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, Dan Stevens nailed it as the Beast. Uh, you could not see him, but the CG was there, and uh, the voice changer was also there. And, you know, he was, it was good. It was, uh, I think it was a solid example of a, of a, of a good reboot, mm-hmm. if we're being honest. Yeah. I think the, I mean, uh, musicals also just hold your attention a little bit better, I mm-hmm. think, than just mm-hmm. a dry plot. Right. Mm-hmm. And the dancing furniture, I mean, that's an obvious cash grab for the kids, but really, I mean, that's what you got to do these days. Yeah. You got to do that these days. That's just kind of the only thing you can do. You got to just grab as many markets as you can, you know, in this world of markets, markets, yeah, and grabbing and cash, yeah. And so, uh, so I mean, the the new Beauty and the Beast really not 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 much, you know, not much different than we would have ended up doing with Pride and the original. I think. Yeah, no, I don't. We definitely couldn't have done it any better. And and I mean, it did very well. It's one of the yeah, uh, yeah. highest sold. grossing re- reboots. Mm-hmm. classic literature reboots mm-hmm mm-hmm the whole of all uh yeah so frank what do you what do you have let's see let's see let's see um so the uh the new movie that came out power rangers mm-hmm. it was a really so it's interesting that they made it an act they well they i mean the original was a comedy right so you've got mm-hmm. super troopers right yeah so law enforcement but it's a comedy they took Super Troopers, they made it an action movie, and they, they didn't... The reboot was... I mean, there were some jokes, right? But it wasn't a comedy, not at all. Yeah, it was a very interesting uh, pivot. And, you know, they aged all the characters down significantly. Mm-hmm. What was interesting was that they they were no longer cops either. They just completely... Yeah, they kind of took it... Well, they, it's, it's inter- they kind of went bigger with it, right? They went from being mm-hmm. highway cops to now they're like planet cops almost yeah like earth cops which is it i mean i think that's kind of a cool thing to like you know we we went they they had this stretch of highway and um now is this i think this was at, i don't know maybe we're interpreting this film differently but i interpreted this to be more of a traditional reboot rather than a remake like this is yeah, this is this is taking the original property and just really spinning it into something different. Well, and, and it's like it, it's it's in the same continuity. Like Super Troopers still happened, and now now these are the new troopers. These are the new ones. Yeah, introducing two female troopers as well, I think, was really good. Mm-hmm. For yeah, this, for definitely series. could use more female good. representation for sure. Yeah. So what was interesting? I liked I liked the 
they were in the background. There were a couple little callbacks to the original, but mm-hmm. I like that they weren't they weren't overt yes. with it. They, they were weren't very in your subtle face with about it. it. They did not slap you in the face with it. They mm-hmm. kind of just winked and smooched you on the cheek with it. Yeah, if if you'd never seen Super Troopers and then you watched Power Rangers, you'd you, have no idea. You would barely know they were related, which they is good. Really, yeah, that's a good way to do a reboot. You don't want to mm-hmm. require your audience to have seen the. Uh, yeah, because it kind of it kind of defeats the purpose. Well, it defeats the yeah, it defeats the purpose, and it it makes it hard for to get new a new audience. You you're, yeah, you're relying. You, you want to rebuild the a base. Mm-hmm. Um, what did you think of the addition of robot dinosaurs? Well, <clears throat> it's tough. I mean, so the, the movie and the movie as a whole kind of upped the. Uh, suspension of disbelief mm-hmm. in the world, right? You know, yeah. in, in the original, there were, uh, you know, there was no space talk at all. There were no aliens. There were no robots. I, I definitely think that this progression was in the spirit of the original. I mean, it was the original was a little ridiculous. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it, it did was, have it, its it absurdity. Certain, yeah, and so kind of this is something that a lot of sequels do, which is that they feel that they need to level up their next movie, right? Mm-hmm. And um, as the Transformers franchise has shown, more robots is almost always a good answer. Yeah, that's true. More robots, smoking more cigars. More robots. Space. Dinosaurs. Robot dinosaurs. Dinosaurs. Robot dinosaurs. Robot yeah. dinosaurs was probably... Checking Transformers Robot Dinosaurs was probably the best Transformers movie. Mm-hmm. Optimus Prime rides a robot dinosaur. Mm-hmm. And so in this one, all the dinosaurs make a man, and I like that. I, I mean, I like that a lot. <laughs> I like that a lot. <laughs> they do, and I also liked that a lot. Yeah, the dinosaurs making a man, I, I liked a lot. <laughs> I really, I really dug it. All right, um, <laughs> all right. So next on the list is um, the Shack. Now this movie came out in March. Uh, earlier this year and this is another i think kind of dovetailing off of shift yeah dovetailing off of power rangers and and talking about big shifts this was a huge shift from the original now in Mm -hmm. the original caddyshack you know that is 100 percent a comedy you've got chevy chase bill murray rodney dangerfield all it's 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 almost real madcap it's re- it's very madcap. There's no and irre- irreverent too, for sure. And it, it's there's no single narrative in that movie. It's more just like mm-hmm. here's a bunch of people at a golf course. Here's we're gonna look at the the caddies. They get their story that's going on. Well, here's the rich people, and then also here's the groundskeeper who's trying to kill this gopher. And I mean, the thing that ties them all together is the caddy shack where all the caddies mm-hmm. where all the caddies live. And so for the reboot, and the, the shack itself is really one of the only things that survives the transition. Yes, and so they um, take the shack and the implied, you know, spiritual metaphysical properties of the shack in the original of the caddy shack, and they they mm-hmm, take mm-hmm. it all the way. Where now, oh yeah, you know, you go to the shack and you meet God. And as you meet God. You meet God in the form of a <clears throat> kindly black woman. Um, and this this is a real shift too in um message mm-hmm, i would say mm-hmm. i think that so you know uh harold ramus the original caddyshack director he kind of handed off the reins here yeah but i i still think he was involved i think this speaks to a 
um, you know, a big spiritual shift in his personal life you know us like yes cameron said yes for sure like you i think he really you could tell he really had a uh i I mean i'm i'm curious he he felt that he had something to say yeah i'm curious to read about his his story now to find out you know what what happened that you went from this hey everybody we're all gonna get laid to oh my child daughter has been killed and i have to speak to god in the woods to deal with this it's it's a really interesting ride i'm I, I, re- I really can't wait for the VH1 special behind this. Yeah, Octavia Spencer nails it. It's, it's um, yeah. It's yeah, it's yeah. it's an interesting like like we said like it it's it's a good reboot in that it you don't have to have seen the original. It's kind of just mm-hmm. the only thing that carries over is the shack itself is and the, and is the shack. you know it's been it's now like forty and in both years movies, later. It is the focal point. Yeah, and now it's I mean the, it's the kind of rallying point for all all the characters, right? And in the shack, you know, it's forty years later. The golf course has clearly been shut down. There's no oh, one yeah, golfing there. It's just, but the the shack is still there, mm-hmm. and it still has power. It still has power. And, it still has power, and that's beautiful. Yeah, it's um, it's a it's a bold move, and I I mean it worked out. It worked out for him, I think. Well, Sometimes, actually, I don't know that it did because I actually the don't. Shack yeah, did, uh, the Shack did not make a lot of money. Well, no, actually, I think it is a it is a success. Its budget was only twenty million dollars, and it made ninety six. So it okay more than quadrupled yeah, so its I th- budget. I even think I think Harold Ramis maybe he. I really get the sense that he remade this movie for him. Now you know? hold up, I'm now just realizing that name. Are you telling me that Egon from the Ghostbusters directed that movie? Yeah. Oh, man. Yeah. Well, all right. He directed Vacation and Groundhog Day? Oh, my God. Yeah, he did stuff. Oh, the final film that he wrote, produced, and directed was Year One. Oh, Harold. Hmm. Not a great That movie did not get very good reviews. We haven't, we, haven't, we haven't touched that movie yet. We haven't. Maybe we should in a future maybe, episode. Maybe maybe it should be on the list. Yeah. Yeah. All right, Frank. Hit me with your uh, uh, your next list item. Let's see. You know what? So let, let's swing it the other way. So we we talked about two lighter movies that became more serious. Now here, uh, this is a serious movie that became much lighter. So let's let's talk about the Boss Baby. Let's talk about the Boss Baby. So <clears throat> the Boss Baby. It's not only. It not only lightens up the original movie, Wall Street, <clears throat> mm-hmm. but it switches from live action to animation as well. Yeah, which is not a common thing. No, usually, it's, it's usually the other way, right? Yeah. It, if, uh, well, if at all. If at all. And usually, I've seen it before where a sequel is or a reboot is an animated version of a live action one, but it's almost always straight to DVD or straight mm-hmm. to TV. It, it usually indicates a lack of success. Mm-hmm. So... uh one interesting thing, I I really liked Alec Baldwin's turn as as the as a young Gordon Gecko, right? So this was this was a reboot, kind of a slash prequel, starring yeah, starring starring a baby Gordon Gecko, mm-hmm. um, which in an interesting move was just Alec Baldwin's adult voice. Yeah, and I liked he, it a lot, though. I liked it too, and it I I think one criticism I have that I think you know it kind of similar to. Um, beauty and the beast is that they kind of they're they do have a little bit of a message there and they don't go subtle with it in this one you know they're clearly saying Mm -hmm. look at this baby like this man is not he's a baby like he's he's just a baby he just wants what he can have a a little too dumbed down a a little too overt to kind of cater to modern right 
They're like, you know what? You know what else is selfish and only cares about itself? A baby. Babies. Yeah, the the original was a lot. Um, it was a lot more serious. Mm-hmm. Yes, and for there sure. was there wasn't an overt you know message. It was just kind of watching the noose close around this cutthroat business shark, right? Yeah. And but in, in Boss Baby, it's kind of um, it does you know all all kids movies kind of swerve this way, but there's no hard consequences Mm-mm. for young baby Gordon Gecko's actions. He you know, he kind of gets out clean in the end. And I guess, you know, as a, as a prequel, the character always has to survive. Right. But you kind of have to let him mm-hmm. make it, it otherwise. It, it, it kind of removed the tension. It turned it more into like a fun ride rather than yeah. <clears throat> an examination of the man. At no point was I actually worried about this boss baby's well-being because I knew, yeah, well, I've seen Wall The baby was going to be the boss. Yeah. That was part of the right. tagline. I've seen Wall this Street. This baby's the boss. Everyone was saying that all the time. Yeah. They're like... That mm-hmm. I mean, that is another thing. So, yeah, they they did like turning, the tagline a lot. Turning Charlie Sheen's character from the original into his actual brother was really cool. Yeah, too. his actual older brother too. And you older know, in brother. the original, Gordon Gecko is Charlie Sheen's like mentor, and yeah, then they kind of flipped it where now Charlie Sheen is his character at least, not the actor is mm-hmm. a the literal older well adoptive brother. They're not. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But still, it's it was very interesting. Yeah. Uh, it was a really, it was a really interesting mm-hmm, twist. Mm-hmm, I agree. Um, okay, so next up on the list, I want to talk about Kong Skull Island. Okay, yeah, yeah. This is a movie. Uh, now, but, now this is this is a remake of a of a classic. Actually. Yeah. So this is and this is the next. This is it's the next in a series of reboots well i I guess that so it's they already rebooted planet of the apes right and then you had war for the Mm -hmm. planet of the apes and then rise of the planet of the apes right and so then the next one they did is kong skull island kong skull island um so the next step in the progression getting to the original 60s movies where apes rule everything right so it and it it really helps explain how apes got there Mm -hmm. because now it's like Oh well, they had a giant gorilla that would do yeah. it. Yeah, because like humans, you know, they humans have like planes and like tanks, and the humans had a lot of big machines, mm-hmm. right? And so, kind of the um in the in rise in rise of the planet of the apes and war for the planet of the apes, and it it kind of was swept under the rug that these apes with like AK forty sevens could like actually beat the U.S. military, right? And you're kind of wondering the whole time, like, well, eventually someone, someone is going to, like, bring in a tank or, like, drop a bomb. Like, how, why, why hasn't this happened yet? Right. And you kind of see that all of those resources has been tied up fighting the King Kong. Right. It turns out that there's there's this giant, giant gorilla. and huge. um, And he's from an island that's like the Rampage video game. uh Uh-huh. That's like other giant stuff, right? So then they trick they trick they trick the humans into coming. So you this is this is real news. We're gonna just break. This is break the show. This is real news. You're aware of the Rampage reboot starring, starring Dwayne, starring the Rock, Dwayne Johnson. Johnson? Oh my gosh! Oh, I saw man, the trailer and it looks good. so stupid. I love it. I we're gonna that movie looks like something we would make, and I have to see it. I have to see it. I played that video game when I would wait for my turn so at laser quarters. tag. 
I'd go to laser tag and that game was there and I would play and you'd it be like rampage. I would play it until they called my my group's color and then I'd go in and I'd be like, yeah, laser. And you just start putting dudes down. Putting dudes down. Alright, so unpause. Unpause. <clears throat> so Kong made a Kong made a couple of really interesting choices, one of which was bringing in John C. Riley. Yeah. He has been so he he's been you know, he he made his career as the comedy actor, right? Basically the 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 yeah. the mirror verse Will Ferrell who acted alongside Will Ferrell. Then we saw him in Guardians of the Galaxy. Mm-hmm. And just out of nowhere too. Out of nowhere. And now he's continuing his thing with Kong Skull Island. Yeah. It's He's jumping around a lot, and I—I I mean, he did it. He did an admirable, jo- admirable job as right? the admiral. Yeah, yeah, he did an admirable job. Mm-hmm. Um, one thing though was that there was a lot of focus on the humans. the The Kong was kind of set up as a force of nature rather than a um, conscientious, you know, war. Yeah participant yeah i agree which was really interesting that the, the humans i guess you know it, it's probably a social aspect too the humans even this late in the game in, mm-hmm. in the chronology even at the step of kong skull island the humans didn't consider the apes to be equals fighting a war they were just more nature for man to conquer and that was right. a really interesting take mm-hmm yeah it was not a it, they kind of lost the plot of their message of uh, this is a sentient group mm-hmm. of individuals who are. There, yeah, there was some backpedaling. And now I, I did read that this movie specifically was handed off to a different uh, director. Oh, okay. Than the than Rise and War of the Planet of the Apes. That so explains. I think there's you know there's some there's some stuff lost in translation there. Yeah. And that the backpedaling is just a side effect of the story that he wanted to tell. Yeah, I mean, uh, pretty dynamite cast. Aside oh, from yeah. John C. Riley, you've got Brie Larson, who I love. You've got. Mm-hmm. My boy Samuel L. Jackson and Tom Hiddleston. His first entry into the series. Yeah, surprisingly. Well, yeah. I'm I'm kind of surprised they didn't get him sooner. I think they should have. It was kind of clear. Yeah, that the line the line Sammy get J. the giant the lion get these giant apes off my plane. I think it was a little bit misplaced for the tone of the movie. Yeah, and it was a you know every, a everyone e- everyone wanted it, and the people in the theater did clap when I when I saw it. Uh huh. But I I think. I think it's only in there because people expected it. Right. All right. What's next? Let's see. Um, oh, a really good movie. I personally loved it. Uh, the new Blade, Ru- the Blade Runner 2049. Oh, loved the new it. One, the new one. Loved yeah. it. So probably the most interesting thing to me was the kind of soft rewrite on the universe. There's, um, There were no vampires and uh, in a pretty controversial move, Blade changed from being a, a black guy to a white guy. They yeah. got Ryan Gosling well, instead so of Wesley Snipes. It, the way I interpreted it was, you know, it's in the so in the future. This is actually very interesting. I didn't. We we have two different two interpretations of this movie. Where mm-hmm. I saw it as, you know, vampires are still there, but now they're called they call them replicants, right? It's 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 in the future, so now they uh-huh. pretend that. Like, I, I saw it as we're covering it up. Vampires, we're telling the public vampires aren't a thing. 
we just have all these superhumans oh, who we okay. tell them are robots that we're making. That makes and, us make a lot more sense. And then they kind of, I think this was just it's, kind it's, of a, It's an easier truth to swallow. Yeah. And then I think the, the, the t- Blade Runner is a title that's paying like homage to the original Blade. Like in universe, a Blade Runner, mm-hmm. there it's like a recruit oh, of Blade. Okay. Like, yeah, I, I didn't really consider how far in the future this was, where Blade is kind of now a legend. Right. Yeah, he's kind of a been, legend. And you I mean, know, it's, been, they, it's, been a, it's been at least 60 years, if not more. Right. It's been a long time. And and it's kind of a, you know, the, the Blade Runners, they hunt other replicants, other vampires. Mm-hmm. And so... You know, it's almost like, you know, a blade, like they're, they're, they're calling all vampires blades, even blades. I mean, he, he, the original blade himself was a vampire. And that's an interesting thing is that. Yeah. Half vampire. Half vampire. I'm sorry. And so that's, that is something interesting they twisted as well. So Ryan, Ryan Gossick's character was a full vampire, what the movie calls a replicant. Um, mm-hmm. And they, they, they played very well with the, with what. What being a vampire meant. Yeah. As opposed to a human. Yeah. I respect your ability to dodge those spoilers there. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, yeah, yeah. For anyone that hasn't seen it, actually, it really is, it really is good. It's you very, really very should. good. And make, I, I, a lot of, a lot of reboots and a lot of, se- a lot of sequel reboots, kind of, you don't need to see the original. For this one, I highly recommend watching Blade. Yeah. Watch watching Blade. Blade just Runner. the first Blade. You only need to see mm-hmm. the first one and then yeah, watch Blade the, Runner. the rest of the, tr- watch the first Blade to just really soak in the details. Blade Runner kind then, of acknowledges, like they kind of pretend Blade 2 and 3 didn't happen. Yeah. And I, I'm okay with that. Yeah. It's, it's totally fine. I do. It keeps it cleaner. I would have liked to see Ryan Reynolds at least get a cameo in Blade Runner. Yeah, that would have been good. Um, just, you know, put him in as many things as possible, mm-hmm. I say. But I, yeah, he non non podcast jokingly. I, lo- I love, love him. him. Me as love well. Him. Casting wise, Ryan Gosling. Very good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he, you know, kind of turned. Uh, I think I'm not sure, you know. I'm not deeply intimate with Ryan Gosling's IMDb page or anything, but mm-hmm. I think starting with Driver and now in Blade Runner 2049, he's kind of pivoted to a more actiony role, Drive. stoic action role, and I, I like it a lot. Yeah, I liked it a lot too. I liked it very, very much. Um, was Harrison Ford supposed to be Blade? That is something that I really wasn't sure about because. It was a big casting change. Now, mm-hmm. nothing against Harrison Ford. He's obviously got his chops, but mm-hmm. I mean, Wesley Snipes is still around, right? Yeah, and that, I mean, that's a pretty egregious case of whitewashing, if that's the case. Like, Blade yeah, aged into an old white great. man for some reason. And I think, so, I mean, there's there's a lot of debate, right, whether he's and supposed it is vague. to be Blade. They never right. confirm. They never confirm, and so that's the, I choose to believe that, no, he's not, because I, I want to think better mm-hmm. of the writer's yeah, because um, it's a big decision. It's a big decision, and I just think it'd be very insensitive to have yeah Blade age into an old I think old it's white intentionally man. vague in a way where they don't fill in all all the spots on the map of the mm-hmm. movie, right? And I, I and I can respect that. I also can respect that. I respect it a lot. All right, Frank. Let's talk about my favorite movie of the year, mm-hmm. and that movie is Baby Driver. Oh, so good. 
Baby Driver is a masterpiece of mm-hmm. writing. Beautiful and, use and of music. Music, cinematography. Soundtrack. Edgar Wright remains my favorite director of all time. Fittingly, this is a reboot of one of my favorite childhood movies, Baby's Day Out, which I mm-hmm. saw on my fifth birthday with my friends. I was talking to you about this earlier. I have a very vivid memory of my dad took us all to the Burger King down the street from my house. We got Burger King kids meals because I did not like McDonald's. I liked Burger King. We got Lion King toys. I got Ed the hyena. I'm. This is Ooh. all like coming back to me right now, like how much I'm remembering about this. I got Ed the hyena, and he had like movable legs that like made him jump or something. And then we saw Baby's Day Out in the theater. And also looking back on this memory, it blows my mind that my father by himself took a bunch, like four, six to five to six year olds to see a movie and how horrible that sounds. Hmm. But so original Baby's Day Out, um, some uh, hooligans, kind of Mm -hmm. wet bandits-esque guys. You're ineffective, uh, but family movie criminals. Yeah, they kidnap a uh, baby from a very a rich, rich a, set of parents. A rich baby. A rich baby, and they uh, hold him ransom, and the baby gets out, and he... Um, is kind of, he's just crawling all around New York in one of... It, it's kind of like the... You know the Animaniacs cartoon about the dog that was... And the little girl... No. So there's a little girl who basically like every every episode she gets out of her like stroller or whatever and then just starts wandering and the dog just, is like farcical. Yeah, it's very farcical. The dog's like chasing mm-hmm. her all the time, like saving her from all these things that she's not aware of about to kill her. Yeah. Like 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 crawling down the street and then there's a manhole and then they like then they like rush and like put a board down and the baby just keeps going because it doesn't even know. Exactly. So this is similar to that, except it's different in yeah. that there's nothing saving this baby. He's just getting by everything, oblivious to all these things. And then the bad guys <sighs> are the ones who get hit by the and things. It's, hearing it summarized that way too makes it so much more clear that the spirit of the original yes. carried through. The spirit of the original carried through because now instead mm-hmm. of, you know, a baby haplessly crawling his way through danger we have a grown man named who nicknamed baby who is an expert getaway driver which is a pretty good callback it's 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 a great believable nickname it's a believable nickname and and it's it's got that criminal element to it too he's a getaway Mm -hmm. driver instead of being kidnapped himself and again he's just getting in and out of danger like crazy in and out of danger like crazy it's so seamless Mm -hmm. that it you almost you almost wonder if it all is just by accident. Right. It's it's kind of like... Mm-hmm. And again, same as the original. The original soundtrack was just spot oh, on. Oh, spot on. For Especially, you know... It really... So I, I think... Uh, um, we, did, we, did, we did a small amount of pre-show prep on our list. Mm-hmm. One of the things we found out, if you remember me telling you this earlier, uh, Baby's Day Out was the biggest American movie in India. Yeah, which is really interesting. It, it beat Star Wars. Which is very interesting because I'm looking at the the numbers and it surprisingly is a flop. It, yeah, it, it's it budget, tanked it's, in, it, in the United States. It only made back one fourth of its budget. Hmm. It 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 uh no, not one fourth. One third. Its budget was forty eight million and it only made sixteen. Like that is a <sighs> that is a fail. 
And I got to say, they the studio really for me took, took a risk on yeah. picking up this. I mean, ostensibly failed property, right? right. I mean, flipping it. It is a it is it was a risky move and a surprising move to say, hey, let's take this thing that failed and try it again. But they did. And it, it paid off a lot. They nailed it. It's an excellent movie. Yeah. Unironically, Baby Driver is my favorite movie of this year. It is a yeah, very but, great. Movie. Yeah. Pause the pause the podcast again. Great movie. Amazing Actually film. good, not a joke. Good Amazing movie. film. Unpause the podcast. Unpause the podcast. All right, Frank, what do you got? I think we got time for one, maybe two more. One more? One or yeah. two, yeah. All right, so this is going to be this is gonna be a big one. Mm-hmm. So we had uh, a, little, a little bit more documentary-centered, but still a reboot in, in a very interesting way um, from, from the studio. We have Al Gore's An Inconvenient Sequel. Mm-hmm subtitled truth Truth to power Power. so this was interesting in that it 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 takes the material from the original and it presents it in a documentary format i'm not going to say mockumentary because it's it's not a comedy yeah it's not very jokey at all but it's a it's a it's a documentary film format but it it is obvious obviously it is obviously fiction because it's based on um dan brown's the Da Vinci uh, Code. Very popular Da Vinci Code mm-hmm. book. Now, what's interesting is that usually for things like this, they'll reboot the, they'll reboot one of the original movies. Mm-hmm. This went back to the source Dan Brown novel and did it fresh as if the first movie just didn't exist. Yeah, it's more of a remake than a reboot, mm-hmm. like, a, like a second chance. It's, it's, I mean, they fall into similar categories. So it, I, I yeah. would call it a reboot, but it's the remake style. Mm-hmm. Um, I will say... It's an. It was an odd choice giving it such a. It's almost like a fourth, the, the title of the movie. Yeah, didn't it's almost a really fourth wall breaking title. Mm-hmm. Like they're like, yeah, we're doing another one. Yeah, and it's, it's and it's inconvenient. Re- it's inconvenient. Recasting Tom Hanks as as Al Gore as well. Swapping that. Swapping the main. Yeah, making Al, making Al Gore the Tom Hanks character. Like, Al Gore can't be yeah. cheap. I feel like he's got to be no. more expensive than Tom Hanks. Yeah, and and, and, I, and I think, too, that obviously there's nothing wrong with Tom Hanks' performance. He's a great actor. Mm-hmm. Um, but Al Gore b- brought a very different energy to the material. Very, very different energy. Um, and, I think- and just a really a different approach to the material as well. There's less, there's less plane rides and rooting through museums and more... PowerPoints. More PowerPoints, more press conferences, and it's kind of mm-hmm. just a whole like it's inconvenient for our main character. It's a little inconvenient yeah. for you to have to bring your notepad to keep track of all the clues because that's the thing about this new reboot. Yeah. They don't solve the mystery. No, it was a really interesting almost like the clue movie. You know, they kind of they kind of have a meta element in the original clue movie. You know, it was, Oh, which ending are you going to see? Like, you know, which ending are you going to get? Yeah. This one was, we don't show you the ending at all. You need to have been keeping yeah. track, trying to notice the hints and we'll stuff. We'll show you the Da Vinci code, but you have to solve, the you code. have to solve the code. And that is mm-hmm. as an audience member, incredibly inconvenient. Yeah. And, and usually for stunts like this, there'll be some kind of write-in contest or online challenge with a prize and it, it's they, they didn't do anything with that they right. just said if you want the code solve it and tell us about know, it on for, twitter i guess like, for your own satisfaction yeah. unless you figure out the code you know we're not going to tell you we're not going to tell you and that is uh it was a bold choice for sure mm-hmm. um again like this is i i would almost say this is more of a uh 
an artur like they they're not trying to be yeah i think they were shooting for sundance on this one yeah they were being a little more successful now they did like they went bare bones with it you know one yeah only one million dollars one million dollar mm-hmm. budget um let me look the the compare that to the original da vinci code movie uh the budget on that film was 125 million so this i almost it said one and a quarter percent of the budget of the original movie the original movie septupled sextupled what's seven sex sept sept septupled (laughs) and so but the new movie they quintupled their budget the budget of one million Mm dollars they made five two that's 5.2 5. Yeah, that's, that's money that's money i almost wonder if this was an intentional move to kind of reset the budget for the series yeah if future instances are also going to be this uh budget conscious yeah it'll be interesting i think they're reaching they for a very specific target audience they're they're most reboots try to broaden their audience and this one seemed to be narrowing it yes and and, and yet it found success you know it returned five times it's in the 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 investment and it, it, they did you know it did, like you said, uh, it, it debuted at Sundance and uh, did well. All right, so I think that's going to do it for our um, year in review, mm-hmm. reboot view, if you will. Um, uh. Thank you, just everybody, for the the coming with us on this journey for the past year. We've got uh, a lot of ideas for the years to come. Hopefully, we'll go bigger and better, uh, or you know, maybe we won't. Who can say? Yeah, we'll see. But we'll we, have to listen to find out. But uh, I hope we do, and I hope you'll join us for another another year of reboots, uh, seeing us claw our way back to the top of the NBCW. So, uh, as as always, you can find us on Twitter at Rebootleggers, and if you like the show, please take a sec and go to go on iTunes and give us a rating and review, and tell a friend about it. We would. Uh, very much appreciate that it helps us out a ton uh so until next time i'm scott owen i'm frank sarah and frank what's our password for this week i'm trying out something new so our password for next week is is going to be something i'm trying out for in, in a series of new year two catchphrases that uh, I'm, I'm, I'm workshopping i like it so uh so this week's uh this week's tryout is keep booting it mm, nice. keep booting it keep booting it all right see y'all next year <gasps> But like reboot, you're not counting.